Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. So we've reached the point where we're going to have to start picking battles in terms of questions because of time. Um, But I would just say, like, I, I had a whole section of questions I wanted to ask about like guys like Raheem Morris and Brandon Staley and and the impact they've had on this bring into the building. Instead, I would just tell everyone to go listen to the series. Uh, I think it's episode three focuses on that, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so that was maybe my favorite that is, episode. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was fascinating, yeah, fascinating. How... Robert Sala came in and tried to steal the whole show. It was so <laughs> defensive coach, right? It was like Robert yeah. Sala comes in. He's like, oh, those guys get, give you good, good quotes. Like, let me just blow everyone's mind here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also just the people you got. I mean, from Sala to Raheem Morris to, I mean, all these guys, Staley, like it, it's really good. And, I, and actually, one of the pieces I remember reading from you was the the piece before whatever Staley's first year in LA, like when he goes across town and, and kind of the battles between McVeigh and Staley. And I was like, I like this Staley guy. He seems pretty smart. Yeah. Um, so that's another one. If you want to go back in the, the Jordan Rodriguez ar- archives and, uh, and check out, um, here's the last, not cause I, I want to get to the Washington stuff because obviously, especially for our audience, that is incredibly fascinating. And Logan was there, but the last question I'll ask you non-Washington category is this. And it's about the Rams and the team that you've covered now for, you know, basically Sean's entire tenure, which is, is Sean's personality like this double-edged sword of, um, I would say like limiting in terms of its, its longevity, but also mass impact on an immediate level. In other words, like they, you know, you hear the words like generational contender when new executives come in in some places. And that is absolutely not what Sean was trying to build in LA. It's like, we are trying to win a Super Bowl. We are trying to win it right now. And now they're dealing with the long-term repercussions for that. How much of that was just a, you know, lack of foresight, even if it came with the Super Bowl trophy versus something that is completely reflective of Sean's personality that will never change about him as long as he is a head coach. I think we're looking, and it's not just him, I think it's a generation of younger coaches. I think we're looking at a generation of younger coaches who are are recognizing that even as the game is moving and changing faster than it ever has, and you can rebuild, you can crash and rebuild teams in you know a year at this point, um, and, and there's more information than ever before, um, you, you are constantly at odds with um, the foundational elements of being a coach that translate over into long-term skills and understanding of the position and the arc and the ebb and flow of the, of the league itself and that patience. And you're constantly at odds with how fast things move. And I think that's a defining quality that Sean McVay has 
experience dealt with sort of embodied in many ways is um, that that uh, anxious uh, Raheem Morris calls it like this anxious curiousness. I call it obsessiveness to like figure out, you know, what comes next, but also understanding that you're just going to have to be patient sometimes and you're going to have to take your lumps sometimes. And just because things move really, really fast for you in one regard, um, then the league doesn't always agree with you on that. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's like navigating, I, I, they, they talk in this series about the coaches they admire and, and Bill Belichick obviously being one of them, also a common denominator for a lot of them, which is fascinating. Like raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by Bill Belichick, but like it, it's, you know, it's <laughs> it, the way that he can be both patient and aggressive at the same time with how he shapeshifts over time not just you know how he built his teams or how he's done all of that, but but how he's had that lasting power of um, you know things will change, I will change, stay the course. Um, I think that that's something actually that Kyle has gotten pretty comfortable in, um, and, and he's experienced a lot in his head coaching tenure. I kind of started jokingly referring to him in the series as like the long haul trucker of the group because <laughs> you know a million years, including the hat, because like a million years from now we're going to find like, you know, a fossilized truck and like, he'll be in it, you know, <laughs> and like he's going down with the ship. Right. And so, um, but I think with Sean understanding like how to navigate that space between um, how fast the game moves and how fast you want to move with it versus the bare and bald fact that football, it's going to try to hurt you and you have to be patient and set these foundation points um, and identity points in order to better navigate when it does speed up really fast so that you can get off the wheel before it crashes. Um, and I think that, and, and jump on to the next one. And I think that that's what we're watching him do um, in, in real time. And um, I know that sounds like very, uh, you know, anthropological in describing it, but but that's what I think he he battles with and struggles with. And, and I think that, you know, I I don't think he would have come back if it, wasn't for, you know, that he was, Hey, I'm, I'm really wanting to do this and almost resetting, going back to his roots, figuring out what steps he may have missed in an all out sprint. They were so good so fast and figuring out what steps he may have missed. And once again, it is very interesting because their roster has 40 rookies on it. So it's almost like it's it, it, on the one hand, we can look at it, you know, cynically, whatever, and say like, Oh, it's a rebuild, whatever. On the other hand, the way I kind of see it now is like, He's almost forcing himself to revisit mm. those foundation points. He can't not. His offense, once again, looks like where in his team, not just his offense, his team looks like, once again, it looks like him because you can't ignore foundation points when you have 40 rookies on the roster. You have to go back to basics. You have to go back to the beginning. You have to reteach drills for the first time. You have to show people where the damn cafeteria is. You know, it's just like it's – it's it's so interesting to me looking at it from that perspective and and I think though that he's like fully immersed in that process and in, in maybe a way that um, he like kind of missed out on the first time and and not for bad reasons but he kind he kind of missed it the first time. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get to the Washington stuff because we're we're starting to run short on time and I this is to me so fascinating because it's so essential to the ascent of all of these guys. But I'll ask both of you this. Um, what do you think is the most important factor in the ascent of that 2012 team, whether it be schematic, human, whatever it is, 
And then what's, and then well, let's start there. And then we can get into the falling apart and kind of the trickle down effect of that, because that to me is like a pretty fascinating part of the series that goes a little untouched because for the, the purpose of what you were doing, it was not the most important thing, but I'm sure there's more to say about it. So what is the biggest factor in them being able to figure out how to ascend that 2012 team to the heights that it, it got to? I'm sure, uh, Logan, you can expand like so much more on this, but, um, conflict, I think was the defining factor and the most important one and conflict in, in its many, many definitions. Um, not just the, the bad one that we think about, but also the one that helps create and helps inspire in many ways. Um, the fact that they were fighting with each other in ways subtle and non-subtle to get calls on Kyle's play sheet um, automatically sets a foundation that is very, very different from most professional or personal friendships that people have in their lives. And I think, but, but, but that also creates a very specific environment that um, is painful and difficult and stressful, but also fosters and cre creates, uh, I think, evolution, um, you know, and kind of, like I said, in series, it has, it has since the dawn of time. And so if you're applying that to a football building, what does it look like? Um, and there was some intentionality from Mike Shanahan to do that. He also was someone who, like Kyle, doesn't really, never really let you know where, where you were at. Um, you had to go, you had to show your work, but you might not ever get a reaction to it. And so that continues to, it's a psychological effect almost where you, you're louder and louder and louder and louder about your ideas and what you believe. And then that clashes with other people, collides with other people. And then oh, all of a sudden, out of all of that fighting and all of that noise, here comes this, this other idea, obviously combining it with some truly gifted players um, at, at that time is, is such a concoction that um, is, I think is unique and very rare in the NFL's historical arc. And when you're sustaining at that high of a, uh, of a level, I mean, it's like that, that vibration is so high and, and so, um, intense, something will shatter. Right. And, and that's kind of to me and when I'm looking at it from someone who wasn't there, you know, that's kind of like what it all felt like to me kind of looking in from, from on the outside. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like probably a good understanding of like the coaching staff and a good representation of what was going on there. But like I, you know, as a, I guess it's probably the football background, like I appreciate that. I mean, that's how the players are treated every single day. And that's how the coaches like pressure builds diamonds. And I, and I like that mentality. I like that focus. And I think when you look at that team, it, it's very similar, um, honestly, to like what Kyle's done multiple places he's been. It's like an under talented roster outside of a couple really big names. Like you look at the receivers, like Josh Morgan, Pierre Garçon before he became like that guy. Like I was a starting tight end on that team. I'm like, I'm not a good football player. You know what I'm saying? Like guys that really <laughs> understood schematically what the emphasis was, did what Kyle wanted to do. And then um, like played really hard and then were able to intellectually handle kind of some of the innovation they were bringing in from the coaching side. And I think the biggest thing, in my opinion, like this is my opinion, like there's probably, you know, talking to different people, get different answers is, is I don't think Robert specifically understood how much the scheme was elevating him. You know, you mentioned Kyle or Sean wanting to kind of follow this kind of meteoric rise and ascent. And I remember Robert saying, you know, I want to be a pocket passer. I want to do stuff like Peyton Manning does. It. I want to do stuff like Tom Brady does. And he just wasn't there yet, you know, and then couple that with the injury. And then there was a change in kind of how we did some stuff from like a fundamental standpoint 
in terms of blocking some of the quarterback run stuff for him that eliminated explosive runs. And I think it just made – like you mentioned this in the piece, like explosive plays, you know, they lead to touchdowns. And so when you take away 50% of your explosive plays via runs and off obviously play action because defenses can play you differently because the runs are less effective, um, I think it was like this cascading effect. And, um, you know, it's spatial, like spatial Darwinism, right? I remember being in games and like one of the specific coaching points for Robert was like, don't cut inside on like a Grizz or a Bear block. And that's where the big slash is, right? Because the safety's in conflict. The linebacker's going to push wide and try to force it back. And there's a big hole there. But you can't do that. And linebackers got faster, and they 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 figured that out. And they would just sprint to the sideline, and Robert would sprint to the sideline with them, and we get a three yard gain. And then you're in second and seven, and we weren't equipped to handle that down in and down out. So I think it was again kind of a regression of the offense and what made it great. And I think a lot of that has to do with personalities, like player to coach personalities, and obviously coach to ownership. I think was another factor there as well. So. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and how those three interplayed um, and, and kind of eventually became two opposing sides, the coaches on one, uh, the quarterback and, and the owner on the other, and that's that's a power dynamic that is difficult to navigate, to say the least. Um, there's a quote in there from Robert where he says, I wish there was someone there to protect me from myself. Mm. And I think that is one that is going to upset a lot of Washington fans, not because they agree with him, but because they look at him as the guy who was all in for week one and you know, refused to take himself out of games. And, and you know, obviously there was all the stuff with Dr. Andrews that you, you chronicle in the piece as well. I'm curious now, like removed from it, what your reflections on kind of that injury portion of Robert's story is and how the, the, the other coaches that you talked to for this piece interplay with that. And Logan, also what your recollections were of the LCL injury first, and then the ACL and ultimately the all in for week one in 2013. And what a disaster that turned out to be. Yeah. I'll say from, from my perspective for, for me, I knew that not having been there, uh, it was going to be so complicated of a topic because again, and, and Logan, you said it, like, it depends on who you ask, yeah. you know, and it, it was it, the whole s- story of those two years, 12 and 13 in Washington. Again, that could be its own series, I think, because it was so complicated. And my, my ultimate goal in presenting the, the, it the way that we did and then also the voices that we did was there was there, the reminder that there is always a duality, right? because you are you are listening to someone who experienced what ended up being sort of a life-changing injury and talk about um, how he felt about that. Um, but you're also hearing Kyle Shanahan's voice and you're hearing him sort of allude to the split between the front office and the coaching staff and the lack of support. He, he says it very quickly, but he says it, you know, the lack of support and, and then the perception of his dad. And he's at that time, he's reading and seeing everything. And, you know, he's a kid, right? And he's, this is like pre Twitter, right? So this is how he's getting his news. He's reading, he's reading about it. And he's, he's seeing this, but he's got a personal tie 
to the situation, obviously, but then he's trying to not have the personal tie and just make it about football, but then he starts hating football. But, but at the same time, an athlete, a player um, is going through something. And also at the same time, an entire team is going through something. And an entire team is watching maybe this thing that they had slip through their fingers. Um, there's, there's such a duality there. And, and um, you know, that, that was where we, what we wanted to present because it's very clear um, that it depends on who you ask. And I'm sure you can attest to that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I don't really know like what to say. I guess I don't want to be putting people out there, putting people under the bus, obviously, because it was a very complicated time. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's frustrating. I think speaking from personal experience, I remember leaving the 2012 season thinking I'm going to be playing in Washington for 10 years. Like the way this offense is going, the way Robert's playing, like my life will forever be changed. Right. And obviously that's not how it went. I think a lot of people, a lot of players on that team felt that way. And, you know, I think it was, it was tough hearing Robert talk, you know, cause I, I like Robert, like we get along. All right. Um, you know, he's got his quirks like anybody else, but I think the thing that I felt was like, um, you know, you need someone to look out for you, no doubt. But also, like, there should be an element of, like, personal responsibility, I thought, too. You know, like, it's it's that weird kind of juxtaposition with those two things where it's like, yes, you need someone to help you out. But also, like, I need to be smart for myself. And he was young. And, like, I, I don't really fault him because I felt the pressure that he talked about in that to play and be out there. But, um, yeah, it would have been it would have been interesting to get more of a perspective from you know, Robert's voice is very strong in that section. Just get some, uh, some, some voice from other people. And I'm sure that they were not very open about that because I, I've talked to people about it and they know they feel very strongly um, one way or another about it. So I'm sure that, and th those are also very personal opinions about that. Yeah. And um, so that it's just a tough, it was a tough deal for everybody and it's really tragic um, for multiple reasons. But um, like, that's like what you, well, you said something earlier, like football will chew you up. And that's what happened that year for that team. Yeah. And like you said, that is so personal. Right. And and for me, in 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 lieu of respecting how hard it, it was and is for people to talk about it, and I can see how hard it is even for you right now yeah. to talk about it. Right. Um, and so for me, it's like I'm not going to narrate over, you know, I, I'm going to say that it's that it's so complicated and um, try to present as much duality as I can. But I'm never going to, as a narrator or a writer of a series, insert things that I'm speaking for other people. Sure, you know because because right. everybody like it's so. Um, you say the word tragic, like I, I felt that. Mm. Um, you feel it, and it 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 is a defining ache, I think, in a person's life um, to have been on those two years of those teams. Um, and, and that's probably as strong as I'll maybe say it is like, I, I know, and I, and I hear, and I heard, I don't know because I don't, didn't live it, but I can hear and feel that it was a defining ache in a lifetime, mm -hmm. um, to be a part of those two teams. Yeah. And I will say as someone who talks and interacts with the fan base every single day, fans that were fans back then, um, they feel that ache as well. Um, and it's different. I think when you're a participant versus someone rooting from the outside, but the emotional investment in the sport and the team is why we all have jobs. 
and that should also not be understated the the ache and kind of the tragedy within within the realm and scope of football that the fan base felt at that time too having their hopes and dreams of a decade of success ripped away even if it wouldn't have come with the same decade of paychecks that you would have gotten logan had that uh had that played out the way you thought exiting the building in, in 2012. Yeah. Um, the series is the play callers. It's available on the athletic football feed. Jordan, it's so good. Thank you so much for the time and uh, good luck with the rest of the interviews. And then, uh, you know, sleeping like one day before training camp. I just want to thank you guys too. Like this was such a great conversation. The perspective is so important and I'm so glad that you shared what you shared. Like it's to me, that's a gift because yes, you guys invited me on here to talk about this thing. Um, that's out in the world, but like this story never stops. And so for me, I'm already, you know, it just totally alive, like listening yeah. to you talk about your experience. Um, and so that's, that's so valuable. It's so important. It matters. And I just want to thank you guys for that. You're very welcome. And you are welcome back anytime. <laughs>